G'day and welcome to The Grass is Greener. My name is Tim Henry. I'm a financial advisor in Melbourne. And every week, my guests and I dissect your everyday challenges. We'll get you clearer on your goals and give you financial tips to make it happen. If this is your first time tuning in to The Grass is Greener, make sure you subscribe to the show on your platform of choice so you'll automatically receive each episode as soon as it's released. G'day and welcome. We are in our final episode of this short mini-series looking at financial advice businesses and chatting to their owners, people that have gone out and designed a specific solutions for the clients they want to serve. And we kick this off in the first of these episodes with Mark Bynum, who uh, looks after the sandwich generation, those in their 50s and 60s approaching retirement. This week, we're going to the other end of the spectrum with a fantastic uh, operator, Adele Martin, uh, runs a business called Adele Martin Money Mentor. And Adele has tailored her business to help people in their 20s and 30s. And Adele has done this in a, in a really interesting way because she's a financial advisor and can give that tailored financial advice. But she's also a financial coach and she's created this fantastic course called My Money Buddy. And this is for people you know, that maybe aren't really ready for you know, that structured, more tailored financial plan, but they're wanting to have tools and support and a community to help them build their knowledge and get it, do the right things and create the right habits. Adele chatted a lot about the habits during the interview. My Money Buddy has been described as the F45 equivalent for financial advice, which I reckon is really cool. A lot of the common themes have come through in all these episodes. You know, getting started, doing the right things consistently, good habits. Um, so this isn't any different in that sense, but what Adele, you can, you'll hear it from the way she speaks. She's absolutely clear on who she's working with. Um, she's She spoke about all the specific things that would relate to people in their 20s and 30s, particularly around the spending plan not the budget, as she, you'll hear her say, and particularly around cash flow, learning to invest, thinking about buying your first property. Really, really good episode to listen to if you're in your 20s or 30s and maybe you know someone that is in that age group who would benefit as well. Enjoy the chat with Del Martin. If you're looking for a community of like-minded people who are going on a journey similar to you, then I invite you to join the Grass is Greener Facebook group where you can connect, share and learn from other people just like you. We're here today with Adele Martin from Adele Martin Money Mentor. How are you, Adele? Oh, good, thank you, Tim. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's great to have you along. I'm really interested in this one because it's not every day that you meet someone who's really out there uh, in the trenches, helping people in their 20s and 30s. And I love that, that you're doing that. Um, and I'm pretty keen to chat about how you deliver financial advice and financial coaching in that space. Um, but before we do that, 
Can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so this year I celebrate 20 years in financial planning, so um, two decades. Wow. Yeah, and um, there's been lots of changes since then. And uh, when I first, <laughs> yeah, when I when I first started, um, it was very much working with retirees, and yeah. uh, and it was all around you know waiting to retirement and then coming to with an amount of money and you know that was pretty much it. And what I would hear repeatedly the client say is. I wish we saw you years ago. Um, why didn't we see you years ago? Um, they now had regret. Um, and they had regret for a couple of reasons. Either they didn't have the money to do all the things that they wanted to do, um, yeah. or they one of their health had suffered. They had bad knees, bad hips, um, you know, or mm. cancer, or something that they could no longer do what they wanted to do. And so um, that really motivated me um, probably close to 10 years ago to really start to specialise in people well before they got to retirement um, in their 20s, 30s and 40s um, and help them maximise their money so they can do more of what they love now and they don't have to wait to retirement to do all the things that they want to love. Um, so, yeah, that, that's what I do um, and yeah. sort of how I came about specialising in that space. Well, I, I sort of reckon um, that is the way you know, people in their 20s, 30s and 40s are wired these days to want to live life like that, aren't they? I mean, the... The old, yeah. old way probably for the people that are in retirement now was, you know, knuckle down, work hard, um, pay off your debt and all that and you can live life later. But I, I think um, those days are gone for sure. Yeah, and I think the, you know, the pandemic sort of made people reassess what was important to them as well. So maybe they don't want to work five days a week or 60 hours a week. Maybe they're happy to, you know, manage their money yeah. better and live off less um, if that means that they can work three, four days a week or have flexibility. So, yeah, I definitely think that things are changing. And I think that's one of the, the issues that I see um, with clients is they sometimes try to do what success you know, they're working on a money plan um, and they're finding it really hard because they're trying to work on what success means to somebody else. So maybe yeah. for their parents, having the one job forever and paying off a house, that was success. But for them, um, maybe they'd rather, rather more freedom, more flexibility um, in starting mm -hmm. their own business, travel. Uh, and so, yeah, it's really hard. And that's why one of the things that um, we really concentrate on is figuring out what your values are and what's important to you to make sure any plan that you put in place um, is actually something that's important to you. Otherwise, you're not going to stick to it. So, exactly. yeah, so definitely lots of um, you know changes, I think, in that space. And I think the pandemic sort of forced that forward to people really reassess what, what what's important to them. Um, well, we're doing this sort of mini series, if you like. We're showcasing a few businesses to consumers really to show um, – you know, this purpose-led approach, businesses that I think have thought long and hard about what their clients need help with. Um, tell us a bit in a bit more detail at the clients you choose to work with and how and what's really motivated you to focus on solving their problems. Yeah, what, what's motivated me is that they you know, when I worked with those retirees, that regret that they had. So yeah. here, hearing that regret um, has really motivated me to want to make a difference. And I knew at retirement, I couldn't make a difference. Um, so I, I knew if I really wanted to have an impact, I had to work with people much earlier. And, yeah. and the thing with building wealth and having choices is people think it's this one thing that they can do. Um, but we all know that it's, it's the things that you do um, regularly, consistently, those small changes that you do yeah. regularly that have the biggest impact. Um, I mean, that's why our, our super system works. Um, we don't notice that, you know, nine and a half, 10% now that goes mm -hmm. away. It's that regular amount that goes away. And so 
and that's what I sort of teach is that that getting rich slow. Um, there's there's not you know Warren Buffett is a big fan of just that regular. That's how he's became so wealthy. Yeah. It's just that doing the boring stuff um, and doing it um, consistently and building those good habits um, is what leads to um, you know to long term wealth, which gives you you know more choices. I often think that, don't you? Because um, quite often, if things are volatile out there or there's a lot of change happening, um, sometimes people might say to you or your clients might say to you, you know, what should I be doing now? And it, it sounds boring, doesn't it? But it's like, just keep, keep doing what you're doing. That's <laughs> right. Keep, keep, you got keep. the plan, stick to yep. your plan. And I think the power of what you're saying with the values and if you know that that plan has been set in place to help you get to where you want to go, it allows you to block out some of that noise, I feel. Yeah. And, and you can then just really stick to the plan and just do what you need to do. Yep, exactly. Um, yeah, there's there's no get rich quick. Um, those strategies come with, with lots of risk. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, tried and tested boring approach is, is what I do. <laughs> Um, well, so tell us a little bit about the problem specifically that you think, you know, the younger generation, the 20s, 30s um, and 40s in, do need help with. Yeah, so the, the main problems that I come across and help with, um, helping people set up a realistic spending plan. So uh, notice I didn't say the word budget. I hate yeah. budget. Um, <laughs> it, it sounds like a, a straitjacket or a 1200 calorie diet they're just not going to work. It's not realistic to, to yeah. be in a budget. So helping them come up with something that's realistic um, that, you know, um, make sure they're having fun today, but still keeps one eye on the future. So I'm getting that balance right between current them and future them. Uh, and that realistic spending plan, you know, always make sure we allow enough for fun. So yeah, that, that's definitely part of it. And we've got some strategies that we do um, you know, there to help them, you know, increase their income or reduce their expenses. We've got a process we go through to make sure they're speeding up their savings. Yeah. Um, yeah, for me, that's really important. That's a foundation of any wealth plan is having that, you know, realistic spending plan. So, yeah, often the problem is they feel like they're any good money um, and they should be doing better than what they're doing. Um, and that often comes down to that, um, you know, spending plan. Um, that's one problem. The other problems is um, really wanting to understand their superannuation. Um, you know, often, you know, sometimes I find they come to me and they want to know about, you know, spaceship investment versus yeah. Acorn. And they've got a couple of grand they're playing in that but they might have a hundred, 200 grand sitting in super that they've just outsourced yeah, that responsibility right. to their employer. Um, and their employer, you know, um, is not an expert in finances. So letting no. them, letting them pick your super fund, I often say you would, you wouldn't let them pick a house for you without you seeing it, but often we give them Great our biggest, point. yeah, we, we give them our biggest investment, our superannuation. So sometimes I see people concentrating on something that's a thousand dollars when they've got something that's a couple of hundred thousand. So I really help them to connect and understand superannuation and how powerful, um, you know, it really is. And so we've, we help them with um, tools so they know, you know, if, if their super fund's doing a good job and we help them, you know, understand, um, you know, the strategies that they can use to, to um, you know, use superannuation. So one of the strategies, for instance, is I work a lot with people who are, um, you know, 
working part-time or have time out of the workforce with kids. And so what we often see in that relationship is, you know, one person super goes down because they've yeah. taken time out of the workforce and the other person's superannuation continues to grow. Um, and they might still have insurances coming out and, and things like that. So um, what one of the strategies that often people don't know about is you can spouse split. So your spouse can put some of their employer contributions across to um, your name in your super fund. So, um, and that's a way that doesn't have to impact your cash flow, but you can still have your super growing. Uh, yep. And so there's other reasons why you want to do that. There's an amount you can have tax-free in retirement. So you want to make sure you've got them equal as, as you can um, in that super space. But that strategy is one. And, and people often say to me, right, right. How, come, how come I didn't know about that? Um, and, and the thing is, you, you just don't know what you don't know. Um, and so, yeah, definitely part of it is um, helping people understand and connect to their super and understand what's available to them. And then um, often the other problem that we solve is um, people wanting to invest outside the superannuation. Maybe they want to retire before age um, 60 or whenever they can access yeah. their super. Um, and they're wanting to build wealth outside of that. And they're not sure really how to do that. So helping them, um, you know, understand, you know, investment options that are available to them. Um, and so helping them if they, if they want to buy a property, understanding the cash flow impact of, you know, um, a property. So I had one instance last night where, you know, once we do the numbers on the property, may understand that even after tax benefits, it's going to cost them, you know, 100, 200 bucks a week. Um, and so just helping them understand what, what their strategy and cash flow impact might be um, and helping them understand, you know, how can, if they are investing, how they can reduce their risk if they are going to invest. So yeah. um, things like, you know, rather than trying to time the market, putting a regular amount away. So yeah, that's the sort of stuff that we do in that investment space. Um, and then, so the problem is that they want to start to invest. They feel overwhelmed. They don't know how. Um, they've also um, got some, you know, they're a little bit trepidatious about starting because they're not really, they don't, don't want to make a mistake. And so they wanted to reduce their risk. So that's the problems we face, you know, we see yeah. when we're working in investing. And then the last thing is that they've got some goals they want to work towards um, and they're not sure what's possible. So I work a lot with first home buyers um, and also with people wanting to maybe buy their dream house or renovate. Uh, and so, or start, you know, have a family or um, work part time or, you know, um, they want to start their own business. So really have a, a lot of goals and they're not really sure how to juggle them or, or what's possible. So, yeah, they're, they're the main areas. Um, spending yeah. plan, spending plan, understanding their super, investing outside of super, um, and then they've got some goals that they want to work towards and they're not sure what's possible. And I guess what you're finding, that's an awesome list, Adele. Um, I guess what you're finding in a lot of cases, if, if they're pretty young, um, maybe coming in with, um, you know, a, a lot of exciting plans that they've got on their horizon, um, but maybe a little bit of a lack of experience in dealing with a lot of these those things that you just talked about. So I, I guess that you're helping them create that infrastructure to be able to do it all <laughs> as yeah. opposed to, you know, I think when you're a bit lost, you're like, well, I'll just focus on this one thing first then I'll go to the next thing and then the next thing, probably giving them the ability to say, well, yeah, we could tackle three or four things at once here. Yeah, exactly. And helping them um, understand it and work their way you know, through that without feeling you know, overwhelmed. Yeah. Because um, sometimes if they are overwhelmed, they end up just doing nothing. Um, and, you know, that's a common thing, putting their head in the sand or, or deferring it to later. 
So, yeah. you know, once I finish, you know, study or once I finish, um, once I get my pay rise or once the kids are at school or once they're at daycare, then I'll get to this. Um, the problem with that is it just keeps deferring and, de- and, and deferring. Um, and there's yeah. always a reason why, you know, something, you know, could be deferred. And um, you work with young families. Yeah, so you've do, got a young hear, family, I can hear you? one crying in the background. <laughs> I love just, it. She's just waking up. <laughs> That's good. Um, yeah. What, what I might just touch on, Adele, is just with back when you were talking about um, those small things that you can do, I think quite often with investing, and we touch on it all the time, um, that people might say, oh, look, until I've got a decent amount I can throw into an investment, what's the point? And yeah. I guess you would get a lot of that at this stage of life because um, as as people are younger and they're, they're building their income and that sort of thing, they, maybe they don't have heaps of surplus income, but it's still so important, even if it's just 20 bucks a week. Um, Correct. It builds, it's the habit. It? It's the habit that's important. So for me, um, and it doesn't really, I mean, it does make a difference where you put it, but it's the habit you want to build. So yeah. um, one of the things that I often see people say is, well, once I earn more money, um, then I'll be able to, um, or, you know, all my money problems will be solved. Uh, and so um, the problem with that is um, whether, if you're earning $80,000, you don't suddenly get better at managing money um, if, you're, no. if you're earning 180000 um, and so, I mean, that's why a lot of lotto um, winners yeah. actually go broke uh, because, um, yeah, so more money doesn't equal more wealth. And I've worked with lots of people on, you know, um, you know, average incomes and higher incomes. And, you know, sometimes if I'm you know, working with someone that's on three, four hundred thousand a year, they still have credit card debt. And yeah. so um, that's probably something I want to push down is that, you know, is highlight is that more money um, and more income doesn't solve all your money problems. I would actually say quite often, yeah, I think what you're alluding to there is something I see a lot as well is sometimes when people are on smaller incomes that they, they're they really efficient with their money and the more people earn sometimes, the more inefficient they are because they haven't got that pressure on them to have to make ends meet every week. So tends yeah. to get can get messy and, and quite often you see some disasters with big incomes. Yeah. And so for me, and one of the things that I work with is, is psychology around money. And so sometimes if they're earning a lot of money, it could be in a job that they hate and they could get really resentful. Um, yeah. And so then we have a, you know, maybe an issue with emotional spending. They're spending money to make themselves, you know, feel happier, um, just like someone that might have a, an eating issue. So yeah, emotional spending, um, particularly when someone's burnt out and tired or in a job that they don't like, you know, can definitely be an issue, uh, yeah. and that can that can mean that they're spending more than they're earning. And so, yeah, I definitely think there's some psychology that goes into building wealth as well. Um, we so we touched on the first home buyers before, and obviously people wanting to invest. We hear a lot in the media that home ownership is becoming increasingly increasingly out of reach for people. Um. But sometimes until you get your finances working well, you don't really know what's possible, do you? Yeah, that's right. I mean, I'm not going to um, sugarcoat it. It is definitely hard in the in the city areas especially, um, yeah. you, know, you know, to come up with those sort of deposits. Yeah, you know, it definitely can be, you know, hard. Not impossible, but, you know, harder, especially if they're paying rent somewhere. So, yeah, the, with our first home buyers, a lot of the strategies that they're doing um, are things like um, you know, rent vesting. So maybe they don't want to live, um, you know, 
this in this place, but at least mm. it gets their foot in the in the property market. So they're renting, have got an investment property, and they're renting somewhere else. Um, of course, now with um, you know the pandemic that's happened, people are realizing that they don't actually have to even live in cities if they don't want to. Yeah, that's and, right. And so we're seeing smaller areas, um, you know, you know, cheaper um, places than buying there. So um, yeah, and, and having the conversation, I've had lots of clients that have um, you know now had the conversation with their employer that they don't want to work in the city and see yeah. all their money go in, you know, rent. Um, and the pandemic has meant that there's technology and, and ways that they can work remotely. So some of them have moved back home to their country towns, um, whether they'll be forever, I'm not sure. Um, yeah. But they can, you know, afford to live there and, and save quite a bit or they can, um, you know, buy a house there. So, yeah, I'm definitely seeing that um, strategy as well. Moving back home is definitely another strategy for first-time buyers if you can, um, you know, live with your parents or in-laws and if they'll have you. <laughs> yeah. Um, that can save you quite a bit. And it's a way I think for parents to be able to help without them having to actually hand over money because you don't know what your parents' situation is. Hmm. Um, and so, you know, putting them in that, that situation, this could be a way that they might feel good about helping you without actually having to, to give you money. So yeah, there's definitely ways that they can make it a little bit easier. Um, there's also family pledge loans and family guarantees where your parents might have some equity in their house. Um, that's another way around it as well. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It is definitely harder now, yeah. even though interest rates are lower. Um, you know, there's um, we haven't had much you know wages growth really, and so no. you've know, got even with interest rates lower, massive house um, you know prices um, and you know what, no wages growth. It's yeah, it, it is definitely harder for first home buyers. So there is definitely stuff out there. I mean, one of the strategies is you can save through your superannuation um, if you're a first home buyer. Um, you can, you know, salary sacrifice to super, reduce your tax, um, and then use that money for your your first home. There's some rules and stuff around that, um, but yeah, there definitely is some some help and support out there for first home buyers. Just to help, give it a kick. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I want to just touch on. Now you mentioned before, you you do financial advice, mm-hmm. and you're also a money coach. So just yeah. explain the how you how you have those dual roles and how you yeah. work them together it must be becoming a, a pretty powerful combo i reckon yeah so um yeah the, so i the financial coaching is more financial education it's giving yep. you the tools and education so you could either um do it yourself or if you're going to work with another expert you understand it enough um to, to, to know what questions to ask so there's that financial coaching or financial education um and then there's personal financial advice where um, for me, this is if your situation is maybe a little bit more complicated, um, like you've got a self-made super fund or you're super time poor. Um, yeah. And this is that personal advice space where um, you sit down with an advisor and they tell you, you know, um, this is what you should do and this is, this is how you implement it. So both strategies have pros and cons. Um, and obviously, personal financial advice is more um, expensive. Um, because it's personalised, um, where the financial education coaching, um, for me, that allows more people to have access to financial um, you know, education and financial advice uh, because it's done in that more education space. So, yeah, there's definitely pros and cons of each. Um, one is more cost-effective, but if you're really time-poor, then that personal advice can um, be beneficial as well. And if your situation is more complicated, like you've got self-managed super funds or multiple trusts yeah. or overseas investments and stuff like that, that's when that personal advice um, can help as well. And how do you sort of determine, um, so when people come to see you, 
you really would then just talk to them about what their needs are and I guess they're going to also self-select which which one they probably prefer. Yeah, correct. And so sometimes if, if people come to me, they might not like the idea of doing the education. They might just want someone to do it for all for them. Yeah. Um, other people really love the education. Um, it's actually been really um, fascinating to me that um, some of the people coming already have financial advisors, um, but they just don't know if they're doing a good job because they don't understand yeah. it themselves enough. Um, and so that's one of the things I'm really big on is, um, you know, I think everyone should do um, the financial coaching um, and financial education. I yeah. just think where, whoever you're working with, I really think you need to have an understanding and that you shouldn't just outsource responsibility to somebody else. I think that's super dangerous. So understanding enough and taking extreme ownership, I think is really important um, not, not sort of yeah. on money, but illegal and everything. You need to have enough understanding to know if the other person's doing a good job. So I think my money buddy, my education program is a great um, you know, base for everyone to learn from, uh, even if they're working with other experts. And that's certainly what I'm finding is some of the people already have advisors, um, but they just don't know if they're doing a good job. They don't know what questions to ask. Um, and so that's been, um, you know, a little bit of an um, eye-opener to me because I didn't create it for that. You're going to arm a whole lot of people to go in and ask hard questions yeah. of their advisors, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is a good thing. So tell us a bit more about My Money Buddy. Um, that is your coaching program. Yeah. Tell our listeners sort of how that works and what elements are in there um, yeah. and how you designed it. Yeah, so for me, I saw a lot of people um, in the fitness space, you know, Michelle Bridges, you know, as one, um, being able to help and impact, you know, 200 plus thousand Australians, but she didn't have to train them all. Um, no. They still had amazing results, but she didn't have to train them. So I took some of those elements and applied it to my money buddy. Um, so inside my money buddy, we've got a, a training element where people can get access to a really short, sharp videos with um, some calculators and really easy actionable steps for them. So we've got training. Um, we have a, a, a coaching a live Q&A that we do. So they get access to um, live questions if they're stuck or need um, help. Um, and then we have a community as well. Um, and that community is where we're really, you know, sharing our wins. We're making this money thing, not a taboo mm. thing. We're making it something that's it's okay to share your successes. In fact, we encourage it um, yeah. to share those wins. So, yeah, it really has those three elements to it. Um, and the areas that we're concentrating on are those three foundations for building wealth, um, a realistic spending plan, strategies to build your wealth, including superannuation and other investments, and then um, psychology around it. Um, so we, we spend, you know, some time on the psychology of wealth building. And if you don't have the results that you want, you know, is there a reason for that? Um, have you got some sort of hang up of, from childhood around money? Um, we do some personality profiling and some other cool stuff in that psychology space yeah. to make sure you've got a plan. How do you stay motivated? How do you, you know, stay on track? And so, um, and everyone's different in that psychology space. So yeah, we, we concentrate on those three things. Um, and we've had some you know, really epic results from it. People are, Know, sharing that they bought their first properties or they've started their investments for their kids or um, they finally understand super now and yeah um, yeah so yeah that that that's just cool yes yeah, so we've had some really great wins from it which I'm super excited about I think what you know like um, you mentioned it before about some people coming to do it because you know they're getting financial advice but maybe they don't understand and nothing against that type of financial advice but maybe in the past, um, financial advice was delivered in a way which is a bit like, look, we're the experts, just let us look after it and uh, you, you don't ask too many questions. Um, we'll just trust that it's all going well. 
and I think um, you know people are really wanting that knowledge, wanting that foundation, and I think what you're giving with the spending plan and and the wealth building, and then also understanding the psychology, you're really helping them say, well, you know, I'm going to do this for myself. I feel inspired to do it for myself. Yeah, exactly. And because sometimes if people don't understand, they don't do anything. Um, And so at least this will give them enough confidence to either do it themselves or now they know what questions to ask their, you know, advisor. So, yeah, it has been really interesting. We've had, you know, well over 100 people go through the program now. Um, And so it's been really interesting seeing the amazing results that people have, you know, had from it. Where do people, um, how could they link link into My Money Buddy? Yeah, so I always think um, it's always best if we have a conversation first. So um, yep. I can, um, you know, you'll find me on Instagram and Facebook as, as Adele Martin. Um, and on, you know, you'll see my business page, Adele Martin Money Mentor on Facebook. Let's just have a chat um, through messages yep. to see if it's right for you. Um, and But there's lots of information on the website as well. If they go to adelemartin.com. Um, but I always think it's nice to get to know someone first um, to make sure that my yeah, style suits, suits you. Um, so, you know, we've got lots of free resources that they can, you know, sort of consume first to make sure, you know, they like my style. Um, so we have our Facebook group, The Saving Squad. We've got our podcast, The Saving Squad as well. Um, and we've got, yeah, so I think they're good starting points um, to see. Yeah. And then, yeah, let's have a, if you think, oh, I like her style, um, then we've got, let's have a chat on Messenger to just see whether we're, you know, the right fit to be able to help support you. And if I'm not the right fit, like sometimes I get people and I think, well, actually, I think you're better suited to X, Y, Z. I'll just refer them out. And I think yeah. that's what's happening in the advice space. We're seeing much more specialty, much more niche areas. Um, and so I refer them yeah. to other people that can, you know, better support them. Yeah, perfect. Well, I think this is the whole thing about what we're talking about purpose-led businesses is um, you've you've picked a specific group of clients and you're solving their problems. And yeah. once it goes outside that, you're probably going to put your hand up and say, look, yeah, not, not for us. Yeah, exactly. Um, I would love, you've already given us so many tips, uh, Adele, but um, have you got a, a tip or like an app, a book or a podcast, something that you really like yeah so i've got a couple of books and resources that i always recommend um one is the millionaire next door so that is just a it's an american book um but it you know um you can definitely apply it to aussie but for me it just teaches that um fundamentals of building wealth um so i like the millionaire next door richest man in babylon um if you can get around some of the the language in the richest man in babylon um (laughs) But yeah, The Millionaire Store, but also um, the other one that I like uh, for psychology is a book called Get Rich Lucky Bitch, um, and it's by an Australian. Um, she's actually based in Newcastle, uh, so that deals a lot with that psychology around money as well, um, and she's an expert in that money mindset for female entrepreneurs. Um, so yeah, Get Rich Lucky Bitch and Millionaire Next Door would be my um, two big um, you know, audio books I love. Now, so I'm a big fan of audio books. I've just learned that... Um, I like to, if I really like the book, I'll actually buy a copy of it and I'll yeah. also listen to it, not at the same time, but, you know, um, I find if I listen to it and then I'm reading it at a night time or whatever, I'm, I find that, you know, is a way yes. to really absorb it. So I'm yep. a big fan of Audible and Audible books. Um, but if I really like the book, um, especially if it's a little bit, you know, money sort of orientated book, I like to buy the physical book and um, do both at the, at the same time. Yeah, cool. Um, I love that last one. So yeah. what's the, the theory there? You, you get the, the 
the harder you work, the luckier you get or something Yeah, like no, <laughs> no. So she does a lot of psychology stuff. So sometimes right. people – so I can um, share my experience with it. So sometimes people um, – she's got a lot of um, tricks and tools that she does around that psychology space. So yep. um, one of the things that um, I had trouble with from a money perspective, and this is a hangover from my parents, um, is that you have to work hard to get money. Yeah. And so – um, you have to work hard. I saw them working really hard. And so what that would mean is I would, two things would happen to me personally. Um, I would do stuff um, even though I didn't really like it because I thought I had to do it because you have to work hard yep. for money. Um, but also stuff that I really enjoyed doing, um, I wasn't charging for because in my head, well, that's fun. And so what a horrible yes. story, what a horrible money story. That's fun. Yeah. So I can't charge for that. So, um, you know, something that I used to do a lot for free, um, I've now started to charge, um, you know, for that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that, that sort of psychology stuff is definitely part of it as yeah, well. Yeah, for sure. Um, she also does other stuff. So she talks about the power of decluttering and how decluttering, um, you know, you know, can be really important to um, un, unblocking. Like, as an example, yeah. if you've got really – you know, um, daggy old clothes and stuff like that. Well, that's probably how you feel about yourself, um, that you don't, you know, treat yeah. yourself. And so, um, yeah, so, yeah, there's lots of psychology. But, yeah, she's a re really great book and she's got a podcast, I think, as well. Oh, you've got my interest there. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Well, that's great, Adele. Um, really, really love what you're doing. Um, I, I, I just think it's um... – <laughs> the problems that are out there for, well, not problems, but the things that people are trying to achieve at this stage of life and the fact that you've got real tools and re real structures to help solve those problems is, is awesome because they're not going away, are they? No, they're not going away. <laughs> if you put your head in the sand, ignore them. You're just pushing yeah. it down the road to be future you problems. So Yeah, yeah. and I think... Um, yeah, you know, the theme of this whole probably thirty minutes is just start somewhere, really. Yeah, just start. Doesn't have to be a big thing. Just start. What we're after is is the habit. Um, and get yeah. help. You don't have to do it alone. Um, I, I think Australians in particular are really bad at asking for help. And so, um, I don't know. I, I don't know from my personal experience. You know, um, I've had it with you know getting help with sleep training and stuff like that with my little ones. I put it off until it's really bad. Um, we have trouble asking for help as Australians because we see it as failure. Mm. Um, yet, um, Olympians have multiple coaches, um, yeah. and to, to, to get them, you know, in that peak state. Um, so we need to be better, I think as a whole of asking for help and, um, yeah, no, I, and not seeing that as a failure, but seeing it as a way to get your results quicker. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks Adele. That's been great. Love the chat. Welcome. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Good on you. See you. The information in this podcast is of a general nature and does not take into account your own financial objectives, circumstances and needs. You should consider your own personal situation and requirements before making any decision. If you have any concerns or questions, please contact me. I hope you enjoyed that chat with Adele. I know I did. I think I might pinch that um, terminology of the spending plan rather than calling it a budget. That is much better. Uh, thanks, Adele. And I really want to just also say I've been on the site to look at my money buddy and 
definitely want to put the link to my money buddy in the show notes for this episode. I'll tell you what, it is a really, really solid resource for anyone that just wants to get started and better educate themselves before taking that next step. And um, I just know you can see Adele's put the work in to really educate people in the right areas to help them get started on that journey. That's the end of another show. Remember, the grass isn't greener on the other side. It's greener where you water it. See you later.